You look so good this morning. I was peering around during worship and, and just looking at you. Love, love Jesus. And uh, there's nothing more beautiful and handsome than men and women who love Jesus. And I want to pray for you because we are in a series uh, regarding that name of Jesus, that there's power in that name. And I know that every one of us, because I'm included in this, have areas of our lives, areas of family's life that we need answered prayer. And the struggle that we had, like we learned last week, and I'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit, is that we really don't understand prayer. We don't understand the heart of prayer. We don't get it. And when I say that, I'm not saying that we're not smart, we're not spiritual, that we're not prayer warriors, but we, we don't get the heart of intercession and the heart of prayer. But when we do get the knowledge and the revelation of it, then our heart and our action will change in line with the things of the Lord. And so as we sang the songs this morning, which were very appropriate to my message today, I looked around and I saw godly, wonderful, transitional people who are transitioning into a greater walk with God because you have come now, uh, not that you weren't doing it in the past, but you've come now with excitement in your heart to be a blessing and to hear God. And that's why you come to church. For no other reason. All the other reasons we come to church will take place. But now we're, we're really, uh, our culture is to such a place that now the, the blessings of the Lord and that breakthrough, Pastor Dan has talked about and we have been ministering about this past year and this whole decade, God is doing something very unique in your life as individuals and collectively as a church. I've seen it before through the years, through the decades of ministry, and I'm seeing it again. And each time it happens, every time I see it, every time I experience it myself, uh, it's greater than the first time or the second or the third. And I just want to encourage you today by praying over you and your homes. In Jesus' name. I proclaim a blessing over our homes and everything we put our hands to because our life, our spirit, our soul has been restructured, a cultural shift that now we see things in the light of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you love all peoples, that your desire is they would come together and worship with a people like us and worshiping you, Father. And now I proclaim that for our children and our children's children, our families, extended families, that that is done in Jesus' name, that they will have the same revelation we have at Valley. For all those watching online and listening with a podcast, in Jesus' name, let that manifest in your hearts today. And we give you honor for that. Thank you, Lord, for our lives and what you've done for us. We thank you for that. Amen. 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 God bless you. You may be seated. 
Again, last week we discovered intercession in a deeper way. How we intersect God with man or intersect heaven with earth. That is intercession. Bottom line to explain it with intercession and with prayer because we learned that intercession really isn't a prayer, but you can pray a prayer of intercession. So it's basically called leading people to Christ or connecting people with Christ. Now, prayer, it is the power of our walk on this earth. And we're going to see the, the simplicity again about prayer But we need to understand if we're going to be prayer warriors, which we're all called to intercession and we're all called to prayer, and a lot of times, again, as last week I explained, I struggled with this because I didn't get it. And I thought wrongly. And when I prayed, I a lot of times prayed with condemnation and guilt. And instead of a reality of God has ordained me and you to intersect heaven with earth. So we ask, how do we pray all the time? And when we do that, a lot of times we are always thinking through the doing of prayer. And today I'm going to show you the heart of prayer so you can in power do prayer daily. Let me say that again. I'm going to talk to you about the heart of prayer so that you can empower the name of Jesus, do prayer daily and enjoy it. God's calling you right now to tell you, listen to pastor. He knows what he's talking about. So he gives us the power of prayer in in Exodus 17. Let's look at the power of Jesus' name and or the power of prayer. My goal is that we see a life of prayer. Uh, Hear what I'm saying here. That we hear, hear and see a life of prayer. And this prayer should be one of the highest priorities of our life. Not because we do it, but because of the heart and what it accomplishes. All right? So let's read this epic battle uh, that is in the Old Testament. And what I want you to do, and I'll talk about this, but I want you to see in the Old Testament the battles and the different uh, enemy battles against Israel and Jerusalem and the Jews. I want you not just to see it as a physical battle, like we see World War II, Vietnam, Gulf War, all these different... I want you to see it as a spiritual battle, okay? So it is a lineup of a discussion of something that happened physically that was a real physical battle that is really something spiritual. And we're actually going to see Jesus in the New Testament in the Gospels, explain this very thing, and we're going to get there in a moment. So let's read this. Now Amalek came and fought with Israel in Rephidim. 
And Moses said to Joshua, choose us some men and go out, fight with Amalek. Tomorrow I will stand on the top of the hill with the rod of God in my hand. So Joshua did as Moses said to him and fought with Amalek. And Moses, Aaron, and her, not a female, but her, a guy named her, went up to the top of the hill. And so it was when Moses held up his hand that Israel prevailed, and when he let down his hand, Amalek prevailed. But Moses' hands became heavy. Notice the terminology. So they took a stone and put it under him, and he sat on it, and Aaron and Hur supported his hands, one on one side and the other on the other side, and his hands were steady until the going down of the sun. <clears throat> now, the explanation of their going down of the sun is back in Old Testament days, they would begin the battles at sunrise and pause at sunset. They didn't have night goggles like we do today. So they would pause, and then the next morning, they would grab their wounded. They would do what they needed to do, new plans, and then the next morning, sunrise, they would begin the battle until either the battle was a tie or there was a victory. Verse 13 says, So Joshua defeated Amalek and his people with the edge of the sword. So in the Old Testament, we can find or easily find enemies out of flesh and blood. Hear how I'm describing here. This is the introduction. And you stay with me and hear, hear what I'm trying to do with all of us and what God did with me when I received this, this revelation. God's people were a nation and they had other nations that were of flesh and blood that they battled with. And it is a picture, physical picture, of spiritual battles that we have today. So Israel had to fight <clears throat> a battle with them and with flesh and blood. But in the New Testament, here it is, Jesus told us something different. Jesus said that there's something different here I want to explain to you. And I think this is a difficulty that we've had through the years regarding the doing of prayer and, quote, the doing of intercession, that we didn't understand the heart of it. And because of that, um, there are many Christians today that are living in guilt and condemnation regarding their prayer life. Um, there's such a thing as conviction regarding our prayer life. There's such a thing as the Holy Spirit convicting us to do something but a lot of times we're living a life of condemnation and because we do it and we see things physically where we're not winning a battle and it looks like we're losing the battle, we feel condemned like we have no faith. Now, let me just say this to you is, you know, there are times that people, Christians, 
because they don't fill their heart with the Word of God. Remember, you know, when the house is clean, you need to fill it back up. And if you don't, the enemy can come in seven times stronger. We talked about that a couple months ago. And so we have a tendency to live this lifestyle and we struggle and we pray and then we get into it, we get excited. We have those special moments like Pastor Dan's talking about, like Ryan is, is singing about and, and, and we go through life and it's up and down, up and down, up and down. And let me tell you, I like roller coasters, but not in my spiritual walk. Amen? Are you with me? All right, so what I'm trying to do is to show you the heart of God in these areas. Last week, I know you got revelation of intercessory, uh, being an intercessor, that you maybe many of you never heard the explanation I gave last week. And I want you to continue to listen to it because we need to connect heaven with earth, especially today, amen? So Jesus told us something different. We are now the church, the body of Christ. As a body of Christ, we, are, <clears throat> we no longer have enemies of flesh and blood. Oh, pastor, I do. <clears throat> we no longer have enemies of flesh and blood when we understand the heart of God and in preaching the gospel. All right? So we have spiritual battles, though. And these spiritual battles are more important than what's happening in the flesh, how your boss treats you, or, or all the different aspects of life. We need to understand that there is an enemy out there, a spiritual enemy that is, lose, that is using flesh and blood to bring us into confusion and deception regarding our power ability to change things in this world as prayer warriors. Ephesians 6.12. It's, it's a scripture we all know. Paul is telling us this. For our struggle is not, I'm going to say, add this word, anymore against flesh and blood, but against now the rulers against the powers. What are the powers? Uh, verse 12 continues. Against the world rulers of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil, in the heavens. Intercession is bringing heaven to earth, bringing, connecting God with mankind, with flesh and blood. <clears throat> so again, we don't have enemies out of flesh and blood. All human beings are created to be your and my brothers and sisters. Whether they are Christians Buddhist, Muslim, they are created to know God. And even though they are believing and walking in something that is untrue and false and false gods, <clears throat> we need to see them as people that were created in the image of God and have not yet seen the revelation of the gospel of Jesus Christ yet. And we are to see them as close brothers and sisters, that we are to encourage them to know our God, to preach the gospel. And the power of that comes through the action of intercession and the power of prayer. 
So we, each one of them, Jesus died to save them and to bring them back to the Father. Many choose not to, but that doesn't uh, change the heart of God that we've all been created in his image and that we are to love one another and to walk in this realm of power of the action of intercession and the power of prayer in Jesus' name. So in Exodus, we saw this historic battle that's been talked about through generations after generations. By what Moses did shows us the power of prayer. And it shows us the importance of why we pray. So when the upper hand in the battle happens, it is because of the passion of prayer, because of the doing of prayer and with the heart and the knowledge. Because remember, Moses knew God's ways. Moses knew God's ways. Many people of the flesh only knew God's actions or to them, the deception, lack of his actions. Like, where are you, God? How come you're not doing? Because they don't understand intercession and the power of prayer. So during the battle, remember, Moses sends Joshua to fight. And Moses, with two important leaders, they're like elders, went up to the top of the mountain with the staff of God in his hand. Now, the, the staff, other translation will say the rod, all right? So it represents God's compassion for people or sheep. We all are sheep who have gone astray. So all peoples are created to know God and relate with God. And until they know the gospel and turn to Jesus Christ, believing in him, they won't know God like we know them. The rod of God or the staff represents God's authority and power. So understand, Moses went up there knowing the power of prayer, but also went up there with the heart of it, the representation of God's love, God's compassion for his people, and also the power and authority. So why? To pray for Joshua. So everyone thinks when they read about Joshua, this great warrior, which he was, you know, that everything that happened in his life was just because he's just a great warrior, that he was a, a good doer. And uh, he, he, he'd do good all his life. And that's why he he succeeded. No, there's prayer that's involved in Joshua's success. Without prayer that Moses exampled here, Joshua would not have the success that we read about. Without intercession and prayer, you don't have the success that in your faith you're believing for. And so we have to recognize that it is this thing. That's why the enemy fights intercession and fights prayer and brings condemnation and guilt in your life so that many Christians today don't have a lifestyle of prayer. 
Because I'm going to say it again. Because we, me included, we just didn't get it or we don't get it. So Moses believed in the power of prayer, and we should also. Prayer is an expression in how to tell God three important things regarding your personal life and the life of the church. I'll say it again. Prayer is an expression in how to tell God three important things in your personal life and the life of the church, individually and corporately. Let me show you the three. It's an expression of humility, saying, God, I need you. (laughs) What's the first thing we do when we go into prayer? Oh, God, you don't know what's going on, but God, can you? Prayer is humbling yourself up to the Lord and saying, I need you. I need you, Father. I need more of you. I need more relationship with you. Second, prayer is faith. And we need to look at this faith in a more real understanding of this faith is trust. Because how many of you have prayed things and you haven't seen it happen yet? Okay. How many times have you asked someone to do something in the flesh and blood And they didn't do it, so then you don't ask them again because you didn't trust them. So the enemy is trying to get you to distrust God. That's why we do and make the decisions that we make. Again, because we don't understand this faith in prayer is a trust that what God has said will happen even if we don't experience it or see it yet. Here's a third. Prayer is an expression of love to God and intimacy with God. So I want you to understand the bottom line, it is all about relationship with Him. We don't don't run from me because we're, we're still teaching on prayer you know, we're going to take a little pause because of Valentine's Day, and I'm going to talk about love and marriage and all kinds of things in the next couple of weeks. But after that, we're going to get back into prayer. We're going to talk about many aspects of prayer and what we do. But I, I, I want you to understand the heart of prayer, the heart of God. It is about relationship. So remember Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. I'm trying to use scriptures that we all hear all the time. It's a famous scripture. If my people who are called by, okay, but it said, let me just tell you, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. If you took all the other stuff out about the stuff in our life, if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. It's about the heart. It's about relationship with God. So let's talk about this and just give give you just a little bit more um, explanation of the three, and then we're going to go on to what I really want to show you about prayer uh, today. So first, humility of God is expressed in praying. It's the confession of our need. I need God 24-7. 
The simplicity of prayer is, Lord, I need you. I cannot fight the spiritual battle without you. Scripture tells us we, we don't fight flesh and blood, right? So, so the reality is, is I cannot live this life without you, God, without hearing you and talking with you and, and loving you and relating with you. So in the same way, prayer is the expression of real faith. It's, the, it's not only being humble before God, saying, I need you. Prayer is the expression of real faith and your confidence in God. That's called trust. Your confidence in God. Hebrews eleven six, Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists. Now, isn't that, isn't that crazy? Believe that he exists. And you know what that tells me? There are people that love God, serve God, but struggle in his existence in their lives. Because of what they've experienced it, and that God didn't answer this prayer, God didn't do this, God didn't do that. And I'm just wondering, God, you're really here. If you're really there, if you really love me, if you really care, well, here I want to tell you is that intercession, the action of intercession and prayer is developing a relationship with God so that you absolutely know he exists in spite of what's going on in this world. God exists. Then he says, and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And do we earnestly, the word means with sincere and intense conviction, Seek him. When I got this revelation, you know what it is? When I pray, I don't pray in, in the thing of my prayer is excited or even more or it grows because I'm seeing results. Where my intensity and sincerity of prayer comes is because I've seen the result of my heart relating with God. And knowing God and being with God and knowing he does exist because not only I see him in my spirit, but I feel him in my emotions because we are in relationship with one another. I love God. And you know what? He loves me. Matter of fact, I'm his favorite. But if you read scripture, we're all his favorite. Amen? Amen. So, putting Moses' action in the Scripture of the New Testament, let me just kind of show you an example. I wrote this down. This is the prayer. I leave everything behind me, and I go up to the mountain because I need you. Otherwise, we will lose the battle. Where do you lose the battle? For those that are listening online, I'm patting my heart. You got to win the battle here. We're losing in our hearts because we don't understand prayer. We develop prayer groups and they go in there and they're, rawr, 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 you know, and, and it just seems like a lot of times people's lives just fall apart. And they get angry, get mad. They don't want to be there. They don't, they don't see the results. And 
You know, we get prideful in what we do and how spiritual we are. And, and, you know, why I'm saying that is because I found that out. Playing high-level baseball, succeeding in that, then I went into the spiritual realm and began to grow in the Lord, and I got prideful in my spiritual walk. And guess what? You know what the Bible says? Pride goes before a fall. Why did some things happen in my life? Hmm. Also, God, I believe in you and I trust you. No matter after I get it from this prayer and all Hades breaks loose, I trust you. I believe in you. I know you exist. I know your promises are true. And this is where it is. I walk away from my prayer time with confidence that what you said is going to happen. You are there and you are real. And I know, believe, you are listening to every one of my words. That's the heart of prayer. And notice, I didn't pray for anybody else. I proclaimed relationship with God. Now, church family, I believe our prayers will make a big difference and even change in our near future. Because I'm going to proclaim some prayer times to this congregation, and I know you're going to run here, and you're going to be about, about prayer, even though it's the first time you've ever tried to do this. Or you're angry at God, or you're frustrated with life and everything. I don't want to tell you, when you understand the heart of God, and you relate with God, you come running to prayer. Why? So that we all can be loud and sing, and hey, let's be loud, let's sing, let's be full gospel. Let's shout, let's raise our hands, let's clap, let's do it all. But I want to tell you, you run to prayer because you get to relate with Father God. That's prayer. So it's the expression of humility, it's the expression of faith, your trust and confidence in God. And then third, prayer is expressed through love and intimacy. You desire to see God, and you meet with him, to spend quality time with him. We're not just talking about length of time. Well, if you don't pray this many hours, you're not going to get answered to prayer. What? I thought Jesus already did the work on the cross. Amen? But it's relating and connecting God with man, connecting heaven, what's in heaven, what's in heaven, all God, all good stuff, health, everything. You connect that with this earth and you bring health, all God, in the situations in your life. Psalm 63, 1 and 2 says, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you because I need you. My soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. To do what? Now God, I know you're busy up there but uh, I got a couple things I need to ask you. No. So you can meet with him. Hallelujah. I think even sometimes in church, we, we do prayer things and we do it wrongly. Because we don't start off with the heart of God. We just want, we go after the stuff and 
We're going to defeat the enemy. Well, the enemy's already defeated. We just need to proclaim that and bring heaven on earth through prayer and the confession of the Word of God. Uh, so are, are you following me? Okay, now, Psalm 63, verse 2. I have seen you in the sanctuary. <clears throat> in other words, you know what that, that prayer is? I've seen you before. I've been with you before. That's a prayer life. So today, I really sincerely know how much I want to see you again and again and again and again and again. Because I know who you are. And I know how much you love me. I trust that. You know, let's put a caveat, parenthesis. I know, man, I mess up sometimes. But you still love me. I know I, I just, man, I make wrong decisions. I didn't listen to you, but I know you still love me. See, when you see his glory and power, you absolutely love him. Why? Because you see his glory. What is his glory? You experience his love. That's God's glory. Oh, the glory is the power of God. It's all that. But I want to tell you, what's the Bible tell us who God is? God is love. That's his glory, expressed in every aspect of our life. But until we get to the place of really understanding, humbling ourselves, walking in faith, trusting God, and getting to that place of we really understand this relationship of love, then we're going to struggle in our prayer walk. And let me just say this, and we'll struggle in seeing answered prayer. Hold on. Don't throw tomatoes at me now. Let me just give you another example because Valentine's Day is coming. Hint, hint, guys. You wouldn't say to your spouse or ladies, hi, honey. I just wanted to talk to you, but I need to go because I really am busy. I'll see you next week. Oh, I'll call on you a couple times during the week. What would your spouse say to you? Well, don't repeat that because we're in church. So you love them. You want to be with them and see them and be intimate. I experienced in a very small way of this missing of being with the love of my life on this earth. My wife was gone for a month doing things at a house of ours. And I was repiping and plumbers, all that, the house we live in today. So it was chaos and a mess. And I just told my wife she was going to come back earlier. I said, go ahead, just stay there and do some extra things because you don't want to come back to this chaos. Because I loved her so much, I knew what it would have done to her. <clears throat> but get back to this. Thank God for FaceTime so I could see her face. I know a slight bit of what some of you men and women have gone through when you've lost your spouse. And the devastation of not having that intimacy, that 
And when I say intimacy, we're not talking sex only. But the reality of the intimacy of being with someone that you relate with, that you love. Can you imagine God, who is love, created us in his image, is not receiving back what he created from Christians in the church today? Because we don't understand prayer. Our prayer is, Lord, I want to see you. I want to hear you. I want to touch you because I know your love, excuse me, and I love you. Prayer comes again with the expression of of, I need you. Now, by the way, a little caveat. Last night at 10 o'clock, I picked up my wife from the airport. She's next door with the kids. Prayer comes again with the expression of I need you. I believe in you. But more than that, I love you. All Hades is breaking loose in your life, and your first thing in prayer should be running to the God that loves you and loving him and allowing the prayer that you will be doing and expressing of God's will and his word over situations and people in your life. The bottom line, it's about love and relationship. So again, as we learned about intercession, intersecting God with man, then prayer is also with the power of the name of Jesus, his power connecting salvation to the world. The third generation, the congregation comes in here and and God blesses us and all this, but our main goal is relationship with God and showing that through our lives to other people, leading them to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. Nothing greater in my life than to lead people to the Lord. Oh, it's just like awesome. How much do we walk in humility to the Father? I need you. How much do we really believe in him and trust him? How much do we really love him? So let's go back to this famous battle, and let's find three lessons of prayer that will help us have passion for prayer. So here are three lessons in the battle, physical battle, that we're going to learn spiritual truth. Lessons of a prayer walk and a prayer life, all right? So the first one, lesson one, is what is happening up the hill determines the results down in the valley. What is happening up the hill will determine the results that you will see in the valley. Anybody been in a valley before? The same Joshua, the same army, men of God, mighty warriors, the same enemy, the same day, the same weather, the same everything. Exodus 17, 11 says, as long as Moses held up his hands, the Israelites were winning. But whenever he lowered his hands, the Amalekites were winning. Okay, now now, just, just remember, because automatically... My mind and your mind goes, because he did prayer. He took authority. 
Amen. He did. But what took place is Moses knew the ways of God and the heart of God, and he knew the three things that I just explained to you about humbleness and faith and love that we, as the body of Christ, need to, in our prayer, in these areas, whatever's going on in our lives, move into that area, know that that relationship with God is more important than anything else, and it will create the culture and the atmosphere to win the battle in this earth because we are relating with God. Amen. You can clap for that. If we understand this secret, and it's not really a secret, all our lives will change. All Hades are breaking loose over here, but your first priority is humbling yourself under the mighty hand of God, that in due time he will raise you up. And you're believing, you trust in him. His word said this, you trust that, and you let him know you trust that. And you have confidence that even though it got worse after you prayed, after you called your brother in the Lord, and you agreed in prayer, and you told your pastor, and he prayed with you, and it still got worse, you still trust God because you have a relationship and a trust in your God that he will do what he says. That's prayer. See, church family, um, our devastation is we're always looking if it's answered or not. My trust and my faith, the moment I move and connect heaven with earth, it's already answered. I mean, hear, hear what I'm telling you. It's already answered. And so I have told you last week that there were things that God showed me before I came back to the church 15 years or so ago before I came back to the church, that I haven't seen yet. But I know with God and in my faith and my eyes, it's already a done deal, and it's done. Amen. And that's where I am. Why? Not because I'm this great prayer warrior, and I spend hours in prayer with God. Hey, if God calls you to do that, you better spend hours with prayer. If God calls you to go up in the mountains for three days, and drink water only, and pray, and fast, then you better do that. Amen. If God calls you to to create a prayer group, and you pray on a daily basis on the phone, and you call in, you do that. So what I'm telling you is I'm not giving an excuse for people not to pray. I'm saying pray, and we're going to learn that in this series after the marriage uh, couple weeks, but we're going to see some amazing things in our lives because the breakthrough is not that we get more answered prayer. The breakthrough is our relationship and our trust and our faith in God has exploded. And we know the truth will set us free from all this doubt. So Moses, who knew God's ways and is called the deliverer of the day, goes up in the, in the hill You know, some soldiers probably said, what a wimp Moses is. He's afraid. He went up the mountains, get out of here. The Bible doesn't say that. But I just know mankind. How many of you, sometimes mankind, even though they're good people, can be really negative. 
and watch everybody else. Their, their life is looking at what everyone else is doing instead of they're not concerned about what they're doing or not doing. Okay, let's go on. That's another sermon. So praying, God, I need you and humble myself before you. I believe and trust in you and know your love, but nothing is changing. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask you to intervene in this battle, and I will continue to go up to the mountain of prayer relating with you. Father, send the Holy Spirit to win the battle because it's the power of prayer. The power of prayer. It will make the impossible possible. Some of us through our lives, probably most of us, have had things in our lives that we would say that would be impossible. Nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. John 14, 12. Jesus is speaking to the disciples on, on the church. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works that these he will do because I go to my Father. Because he went to the Father. What did he do? He went to the cross and intersected us with God. We have a relationship with God, and he says, you're going to do greater things than I did on this earth. Why? Because I've connected you with God. And you have now the power of my name. And because I've done that, now you can live a life of prayer and not only experience God, but you will see the changes in your world. Amen. Hmm. So what's the relationship between faith and going to the Father in prayer? Verse 13, John 14 says it. And whatever you ask in my name that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. <laughs> how's, how's God glorified? Walking in relationship and love. How is God glorified in this earth? That people have relationship with God. That you are leading people to Christ. That you are moving in there. It's not about heal their knee and may, they may know God. Let me tell you, there are a lot of people, you know, they can go to doctors, get their knee sewed up. I did twice. Sports injuries. And doctors are great. I love them. <laughs> Thank you, doctor. All right? But here's, here's the reality, is we have to understand Jesus Christ is our healer, but it begins with salvation. And we need to understand part of salvation is healing. We just received communion. What's the bread represent? Okay, what's the, what's the juice represent? It's talking about healing, physical, emotional, every aspect. It is done at the cross. Why? Because he went to the Father and created this intercession, this intersection that now we can have relationship with God and prayer is relating with God and then taking his power because of that relationship and changing your world. That's prayer. Well, I don't know if anybody else is, but I'm getting really excited here. 
I might even get a little Pentecostal here, so beware. And hello, how about you getting Pentecostal too, amen? All right. So this is the relationship between faith and prayer. If we believe in Christ, that he is the risen living Lord sitting on the throne in heaven, listening to our prayers, only then we can do much more than he did. Amen. Listen, God does miracles. God will do what he wants to do. Remember that conversation? He's already done what he wants to do. He set it all up. His word, everything. He's already stated what he wants to do. His will is in the word of God. His will manifests in heaven, and your job and mine is to to connect people with God and by prayer proclaim the power of God in all the earth. Thank you. Remember this comment. I believe in this comment, but I just need to explain it. It's like a blank check. Right away, half of you just shut me out. I've never had a blank check in my life. By the way, give you a secret, neither have I. But because of confusion, people want you know, Rolls Royces, they want millions of dollars, they want this, they want, and let me just tell you, God says, I want to bless you. I believe in the prosperity of God. I believe that God wants to bless his people. I do, absolutely. But, but walking in faith and all this is not that. It literally is walking in the prosperity of God. What glorifies God again? His love. Salvation, the gospel being preached, you leaving this building and going to the restaurant and leading your waitress to the Lord. You going to a job and you can't talk about it during work, but on the break, in the break room, you can just give a testimony of Jesus Christ and lead people to the Lord. This is what glorifies God. This is what prayer is all about. But our prayer has changed into it's all about all this other stuff instead of relating with God and being with God. And from that relationship with God, then what, you know what happens? You become this prayer warrior. You're walking down the street. And because you have such relationship with God, you know his voice, you spent time with him, and, and all these things, all of a sudden you walk down and say, walk in that, that room, that store right there, because the person standing behind that desk <clears throat> has told me that they didn't really know that I was real and I existed. So I want you to go and tell them, hey, God just told me that you, you told him that you didn't know he existed. I'm here to tell you God told me he does and you need Jesus. But we're walking in the store because we just got to get away from the problem. We just, you know... Brain dead, just walking around, just walking, oh God, when are you going to do what I asked you to do? And prayer is really trusting in God. <laughs> are you with me today? All right, let's go on. Let's get a little bit deeper here. So look at the end of John fourteen thirteen and see the true prosperity, God's promised prosperity, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. 
If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Light bulb, right? Okay. So if the request is for the glory of the Father, the glory of the Father is to bring the sinner back to him. It pleases God to bless you, and it pleases God to heal you. God wants to prosper you. It pleases him, but it begins your prayer, faith, power begins relating with God. The glory of the Father is all uh, men will re- that men will receive him. That's what it's all about. Let me just say it this way. This is valuable to the Godhead. God the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What I just explained to you in the last 15 to 16 minutes is what values that God has, what's valuable to him, is you know that he loves you, and then you grab that and become like that, and you love him back. And you worship him. You humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. You trust him. No matter if everything's falling apart, you trust him. Because why? What he says, he will do. I know in life, with everything that I work with, everything that I've done throughout the the country, in other countries, there are prophetic words that I gave out, things that I know that are manifesting in other nations, different things that have gone on that I prophesied over. I still talk with people. But I know that there are things that, that have not taken place yet. But I don't go around and say, well, maybe I miss God. I don't go around, no, because... I trust God that if he has talked to me about this, that it will manifest. Amen? How many of you have grandchildren need Jesus? How many of you have children need Jesus? Do you trust God it will happen? The only way you can is not by seeing what you see or hearing what you hear is by relating with God. Hmm. So, the historical fact, again, most battles started at sunrise and they stopped at sunset. Moses started to pray at sunrise and Moses could see the battle. Joshua didn't know why he went up there. He just submitted. See, the Bible didn't say, I'm going to go up here. You guys go to the battle. Choose a few people. I'm going to get a couple of people. I'm going to go up here and, uh, you know, you just, you just go do your thing. Okay, Moses, whatever you say, Whatever. No, because they knew the power of prayer. And they knew if Moses was up there. And that's why the men held up his hands, so that the people could see prayer manifesting. And God moved. Now, the prayer wasn't this, Lord, help Joshua. Amen, and went home. Prayer is not magic either. Prayer is a process. How many of you know that when you first met someone, you grew in love with them? You just didn't, you know, head over heels. I I get it, you know. First sight. (gasps) Hollywood. Let's get married. They argue for an hour and a half in the movie, and then the last five minutes, they're perfect. 
Great. I look at that. <laughs> I go. <laughs> so Moses determined for 12 hours the whole time of prayer, the whole time of the battle during the day, that he was going to be praying. What significant thing, what symbolic thing is there? Well, let's go on and we'll, we'll figure it out. Again, prayer is not magic. You pray, but you allow God to intervene. As long as you pray, God is in action. God wants you to pray. He moves when you pray, the prayer of faith. Prayers allow the glory and power of God to intervene supernaturally. Isaiah says this, I have posted watchmen on your walls, O Jerusalem. Let's put church in there, O church. They will never be silent day or night. Why do this, never be silent? Oh, I know what you're going to lead up to, pastor. You're going to set up everybody, sign up for prayer. Now, hey, people do this? I think it's great. I'm not going to do that because this is not what it's really talking about. All right, so you sign up for prayer and we're going to have someone pray every hour on the hour, 24-7. That's, that's, that's awesome, that's great. I, I know people that do it. I know churches, I have friends of mine that do it. And it's powerful because God called them to do that. But let me tell you what this is really showing us. God is challenging us. Let, let, let me say this. Why, again, do this? Why allow uh, us never be silent when you know and I know that you go to work and this, this thing of prayer, I, I can't, I'm busy. I'm working on a machine. I got to focus. I can't be, I'm going to chop my hand off if I don't focus, all right? It's not talking about the doing. It's talking about the heart. Let's go on, verse 7. And give him no rest till he establishes. Verse 6. You who call on the Lord, give yourselves no rest. And give him no rest till he establishes Jerusalem and makes her the praise of the earth. God is challenging us. Don't give me any rest. I want to work day and night. What does that mean? I just told you, God, God already did what he needed to do. I, I, I want to do the, the miraculous for you, God says. I, I want to do the healing for you. I want to be seen. I want people to see me. Because of you, church, I can do this because you're a people of prayer. Now, the heart of this, what is it talking about? Instead of a time frame, be, decide to be that prayer warrior I'm really trying to, to put the right words here because I want you to hear it. Instead of a time frame, decide to be that prayer warrior that doesn't stop. Your lifelong passion is to see God. It's of the heart. We're not talking about an hour-long prayer, even though you can do that, or 100 words, even though you can do that. We're talking about the heart praying without ceasing. That the humbleness... The faith and the love continues. 
Because everything you are about is who God is. And when you are who God is, you hear God's voice. And when there is a need for a prayer to manifest, he speaks to you and you do it. And there's accomplishment in there and there's power that moves. There, it's, it's about relationship. It's not about the doing. It's about the heart, not about the amount. So here's a statement to understand prayer. As long as we pray, heart, things happen. God has called me at times, uh, especially this past month with Terry being out of town, to wake up early in the morning and spend hours in prayer. Spend hours in prayer. He's done that where I've gotten out, walked out of the bedroom into another room and spent hours in prayer while Terry was there. But he's really bringing about in my heart in a prophetic way, proclaiming this to everybody that I know, that this breakthrough that God is doing is all that we've been teaching on this past year. But I want you to understand the power of it all comes because you are an intercessor, connecting God with mankind, connecting heaven with earth, and you are a prayer warrior that you are relating with God on a daily basis. And you are just this open vessel to be used of God to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's what it is. That's what's going to change your grandchildren. The depth of prayer is more important than the length. But together, it transforms us. Exodus 32, 32. But now, please forgive their sin. See, they had rebelled against God. They were worshiping other gods. God, you're merciful. Forgive them so that they would, as they repent. But let's continue, verse 32. But now please forgive their sin, but if not, then blot me out of the book you have written. What? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, that would, all people would know him. Confess him as Lord and Savior. All right? There it is. This is, this is what it is. This is the heart. This is what it's all about. Your grandchildren need something. It's all about salvation. It's all about the kingdom. It's all about relationship with God. God, I want to connect you with them. But God, in prayer, your word says. But let me tell you, the whole idea is not that it can manifest, the whole idea is they can be born again, walking in the same relationship that you have, and from there, they can begin walking in divine health also. That is the glory of God, that they understand the love of God, and that they, in in a sense, will turn and love God also. That's your prayer. Oh, by the way, I know, God, if that takes place, I know that that cancer is going to be gone in Jesus' name. But the the heart of it is that they be saved. That they walk in this relationship. They become intercessors. They become prayer warriors. Hmm. 
we need to we need to have a passion for our cities. We need to have passion for those who are leading our cities and praying for them. We need to have passion for our police officers and our firemen. We need to have passion for ambulance people who who are rescuing people. We need to have passion for our military, for our soldiers. We need to have passion for our teachers. We need to have passion for our world and our cities. You are living to create a culture of the love of God everywhere you go. The depth of intercession is action. The passion is, Lord, I want them saved, and I, I won't stop until I die. Moses said, hey, if, they don't, if this doesn't happen, just blot me out too, because this is what I live for, that people get born again. I'll pay any price. I'll give anything I got to get people born again. This is the heart of prayer. Because you are love, and I'm created in your image to love God, I'll sacrifice anything to get people saved and fill the church. You and I don't live for anything else. Cars will come, houses will come, because God wants to bless you. That's faith. That's prosperity. But that's not your focus. It's salvation. People ask about the length, but the length is according to the depth. I'm not going to ask, let's, let's have a you know, whole day of prayer and everybody come. Well, 90% of the people don't want to come because after five minutes they don't know what to say. Because, you know, it's like if you don't love somebody, you don't know what to say to them. If you're just there because I'm supposed to be here and be nice, you're not going to have much conversation. But if you really love somebody, you start asking questions and finding out more of their ways and who they are. And that's what you do. That's relationship. Young people, that's relationship. Real relationship is finding out about the other person and where you are going to be able to have an ability to help them attain and help them create a culture around them that they can succeed. That's true love. And don't get me wrong, love and everything else in marriage, it's good and it comes with it. But the main reason is that you are creating a culture where they know God and they can become everything God called them to be. Lamentations 3.48 says, Jeremiah says, streams of tears flow from my eyes because my people are destroyed. Verse 49, my eyes will flow unceasingly without relief. He says, I'm going to pray continuously. But pastor, I don't have time for that. It's the heart. And I'm going to continue to humble myself under the mighty hand of God. I'm going to continue to walk in faith, trusting in God, and have confidence in what he says. And I'm just going to just plain out, stinking walk in love. In spite 
of unlovable people. You got those in your life? I don't. Everybody I know is perfect. Verse 50, Lamentations 3. Till the Lord from heaven looks down and sees. <laughs> Till heaven comes to earth and he sees. Nothing is impossible. Here's a third. And we'll be done. You cannot accomplish it alone either. That's why we gather as a church. That's why you need to be here every Sunday unless you're on vacation, unless you're working. You be here. Why? Because it's the gathering of the people of love, the people who know God. We're not talking 60s and 70s, love, for some of you older people. Some of the younger go, what? What, what, what happened in the 60s? Never mind. Most people in the 60s don't remember what happened in the 60s. <laughs> You cannot accomplish it alone. Moses needed Aaron and hers help. Church family, let's move to the depth of what prayer really is. Let's grow closer with God, closer with one another, come in agreement with the mission and the vision. Move out with a passion of leading people to Jesus Christ, wherever you go. That's what I do outside. It's one of my favorite things to do. I, I crack up again. I've told you this before. Some of you are new. Is I go on the golf course, and they're telling jokes or goofing off, and I'm not being pious. And, you know, Once in a while, they get too much, and I walk away. But the reality is I'm not. And then about the seventh, eighth, ninth hole, uh, Gary, what do you do for a living? I'm a pastor of a church. Right? And they just, their past just flew right by him. Oh, I used to go to church. Well, why don't you go now? Well, I just, you know, just got out of the habit of going to church. I said, well, and it just opens the door. It does. And then I go on and I beat him on the golf course. Amen. But see, you have fun. You laugh. You joke. Yes, sometimes I get beat too. I pout for a week. But after that, you know, I'm okay. Life, church family, it's life. It's who we are. It's what we are. It's what God created us to be. So to be frustrated about prayer, to be frustrated about things is because we didn't know the heart. And now that you do, I'm asking you to join me and become a church of prayer that leads hundreds and even thousands of people to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And in the result of all that, we're going to see the miracles. We're going to see the prosperity. We're going to see the new car. You get a new car. You come to my office, tell me, I want to go out and, and shout glory of the Lord for you to get your new car. Amen. If you get a new house, let me know. I'm excited. Yay. Well, how come God didn't give me a new car? I won't give you the answer why, because you, after this message, you know why. Amen. Give your all to prayer.
pray without ceasing. The love of God, humbling yourself every single day. Amen. People come to me years ago and now, oh, Pastor and, or, or Gary, you know, you, you pitched that no-hitter, you did that, oh, it's great, you know, newspaper, all that. But I learned at a young age, man, it's not me. God, you gifted me. But I worked hard to make your gift good. And that's what we do. God gifted you. He's called you to be an intercessor. And he's called you to be a prayer warrior. No one's exempt from that. The only ones who don't know the calling now are the ones that are not born again. But they're your calling to get them born again, to reach out. Bring them to church. Don't bring them to me. Bring them to church. That person sitting next to you or the aisle in front of you, they're godly. They're spiritual. They're people of love. Introduce them to them. If they need prayer, introduce them to your friends here. Because why? We're prayer warriors. Amen. Intersect people with God. Be that intercessor. Intersect your grandchildren, your children. I can't tell you how many times during the time that I was watching my grandchildren. It was awesome. I mean, just, it was really one of the greatest times of my life, spending that time, just me, with my grandchildren. But I told them wisdom, truth of the love of God periodically. We'd be laughing, joking, watching Frozen, whatever. No, we didn't watch Frozen. But, you know, and doing different things and, and cooking and whatever. But I'd say things, just little tidbits to individually or collectively. We'd pray. And when I prayed, I would say something specific that I knew the Holy Spirit wanted them to hear. They all love Jesus. But my passion is that they continue to grow, and I, I, I submit and support my, my kids with their kids. And I'm that one that's behind them. Let's go, let's go. But I do it through intersecting God with them and praying, loving God, and showing the love of God. Hallelujah. I got to be quiet. Let's go ahead and stand, please. Can you just give the Lord a great hand? Amen? Amen. So when we announce, again, fasting, when we announce prayer, when we announce worship times, different things that draw you closer to the Lord. Run to it, church. Online, run to it. Please, move into that realm. Tonight, Bible study. By the way, don't be afraid. Next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday, we're not having Sunday evening service because we're going to watch the Super Bowl and my daughter-in-law's Eagles going to win, I guess. I Amen. Right, Alina? Yeah, there you go. (laughs) Beginning stage now. I told you it's coming. We have elders in the front. And if you need prayer, being anointed with oil, the conclusion of the service, I'm going to ask you to make your way up to the front because they will anoint you with oil and they will pray the prayer of faith And now that you understand intercession and you understand prayer, and we're going to cover more in a few weeks, 
God wants to bless you. God wants to heal you. God wants to save you if you're not born again and you're here or listening online. God is going to move in your life, change your marriage. He's going to change it to the better, even greater than it already is. Amen. I proclaim in Jesus' name that the power of prayer will be such a manifestation in your spiritual walk that you will see breakthroughs in your lifetime greater than you've ever asked or thought of because that's scripture. God's going to do a work in you. Draw yourself to him, but he's going to do a work in everybody you touch because you then will truly know God's ways and people will want it. If you are here and you need healing, Today's the day. I trust my God that he said, he had him right, by Jesus' stripes, we are and were healed. Amen. God bless you and those that need prayer, please come forward and receive prayer.